Hey, this is Bob Lee, and you're listening to Over the Ball with Kevin Flynn, the world's game from an American perspective. The Over the Ball Daily World Cup podcast is brought to you by Soccer America, the soccer paper of record, and by Octane Media. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Over the Ball World Cup Daily Podcast. That's supposed to be 10 minutes every day. Chris, why don't we try to stick to it this time as we get ready for the U.S.-Iran game, or is it Iran? I guess that was a big point of contention with Tyler Adams. I don't know if you saw that press conference. Absolutely bizarre. Uh, We'll get to that in a minute, but uh, to get you up to date on a couple of the games today, on all the games today, uh, Cameroon-Serbia 3-3. Little Cola-Palooza there, man. It was so sort of nice. Fans got to see some uh, some some good soccer action there. South Korea, Ghana. I got to tell you, um, a great game, fun to watch. Two very different styles. Uh, the South Korean work rate. I man, I was just blown away. I I don't think a team has worked that hard uh, in this in this tournament. I they just were relentless. They were pressing on uh, on them on Ghana. I thought they were going to get one, but three um, two. Ghana takes it. So, and they were. Um, they're a team that we've played classically in the World Cup before. We've had some pretty good luck against Ghana. I saw them play in Hartford, Connecticut, I think, uh, a couple of years ago. Maybe, God, it goes fast. Maybe maybe eight <laughs> years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fans are great, though. So I always pull for Ghana when they're playing. But uh, I loved watching the South Koreans play. Um, then Brazil. Brazil, you know, fun to watch. And, you know, Switzerland organized, right? Uh, worked hard. I don't know if that's like, you know, ethnocentristic where I'm talking about the, the organized uh, Swiss, Swiss, but they have a sort of Germanic way of playing, but they, they wouldn't, they, they, they were unbowed by it. They played, uh, they played well, they played out of the back, they played hard. Um, but Brazil, I um, watched how they flooded the ball too. When they lose possession, immediate chase, you know, in three or four guys, talk about that a little bit coaching wise. Yeah, counter-pressing, you know, this concept, uh, and it comes back to, you know, Pep's uh, Barcelona and and Cruyff even going back to the idea of the moment you lose possession is the best time to win it back, especially if you're really, you know, adamant about positional play, which those teams have been through the years. And so they always have lanes and zones covered. So no matter how or when you lose it, they can just all push forward and know that you don't really have a great outlet. Uh, and that they they know that you're not in a great attacking shape because you were just defending. So we might as well press early, at least for three, four, five seconds to see if we can win it back immediately. And if not, we'll fall back into a more of a shape and be a little bit more conservative. But we're going to sprint and work real hard for three, four, five seconds to try to win it right back. Two two things I really notice in World Cup games. Uh, one is that that immediate chase, and it's got to be three or four guys flood that zone. And if one or two don't, it. it it breaks down. So the timing, no one can be sort of uh, daydreaming when the ball is, it's an immediate chase. And uh, the Dutch used to do it too, right? The Netherlands used to do it. Um, And the other thing is, it's amazing how the players know the ball they're going to play before they even receive the ball as a checking back to the ball. I mean, um, and the distance that the first time pass with their back to you know, in midfield, they they play a thirty yard ball. It's it's just amazing to me. It's just great to watch. Yeah, I mean, the counter pressing in the World Cup is going to be interesting because, like you say, it requires a lot of coordination. And these are national teams; these are all star teams. They haven't spent a yeah. lot of time together, right? So you're going to see a better versions of this at the club level. But it's kind of two sided. One, it's harder for them defensively to counter press because they're not as coordinated. Mm-hmm. And part two to that is when you have the ball, if you're being counter pressed. 
it's hard to play out of that because you don't always have a lot of experience with those guys around you to know how or where they want the ball next and how they're going to move next. So it's, you know, I wonder how that's going to play out as the tournament goes on and who's going to be more successful with it. I wonder how we're going to do with a young team that we have. I We'll move on to the guys. Let's just talk about uh, Uruguay, Portugal. I thought Portugal had the, the, the bulk of the play. I thought they played very well. Um, Uruguay, I think it's, it sort of broke down in the midfield a little bit. Cavani works hard. Uh, you know, they brought in Suarez late, who's always trying to trying to get a penalty kick or something. Suarez, it's uh, it's kind of what we were talking about yesterday with cultures, how they sort of act to fouls. Um, but Portugal gets uh, two goals, one late, the PK. Um, Ronaldo had been substituted. He, I think, gets credit for the goal. It must have just skinned the top of his head. Uh, if he had a shorter haircut, it wouldn't have made it. But he gets credit for it because he got up. I guess his head got on it just slightly, but it misdirected as far as – didn't misdirect the ball, per se, but the goalkeeper anticipated uh, him getting a head on it, and it just skimmed off the top of his head and uh, went in the net. So that was the first goal for them. And, um, <laughs> you know, it's so funny. Ronaldo's, we were talking about this just before we got on air, you know, with the producer, Ken, it's like, he's asking, like, it's the sort of poser thing. What is it with some of these guys? I'm like, goal scorers are just a different breed. They'll frustrate other players. They'll frustrate coaches. You know, we're talking about, you know, Liverpool was so successful because they're, they're forwards, great forwards are checking back and pressing hard. Um, and when they don't do it, it's just so annoying because everything breaks down. But then all of a sudden they score a goal. And all is forgiven. And you know these guys, it's like uh, I, they, they live and breathe to score, to score. It's, it means more than anything. Yeah, Ronaldo obviously has done this for many, many years. And so, you know, most of his teammates through the years have loved playing with him because he delivers. Mm-hmm. I think technically the last I checked, they gave the goal to Fernandez, I believe. I think they're the... the oh, the cross. Re- yeah. Yeah, I think the current report is that the, he, he's walking away with the two goals. Um, but yeah, the presence of Ronaldo requires a lot of attention from a defensive group because he never falls asleep. But the two, the game was interesting in my mind, just from uh, from the outside looking in, because there's so much caginess in those two teams. Those two teams have a lot of experience. They have a lot of games under their belt, a lot of players who've been in these kinds of games before. So I could have seen that game go either way, and probably whoever got the first goal was going to end up winning it. Um, and it ended up, yeah, being Portugal on the day, which gives them now six points, so they're feeling good. Yeah, they're cruising through there. All right, let's get to the uh, to the big game tomorrow. U.S.-Iran, Iran. I guess that's what we call it here sometimes, and they say it's wrong. So um, – Tyler Adams in a press conference, uh, Grant Wall posted something. Then I watched some of the BBC coverage said what the most, both camps said one of the most bizarre press conferences they've ever seen. State run media is sent from Iran to, you know, to Qatar to cover these games. And they basically asked a loaded question to Tyler Adams, uh, basically said to him, first of all, you're mispronouncing our country's name in a kind of a scolding manner. And then, uh, he said, how can you uh, play for a team in a country that has such racial problems and you're black? And uh, Tyler did not skip a beat. It was an amazing response. He kept his composure. He said, first of all, I apologize for mispronouncing the name. He said, this is all about education and learning other cultures. He said, um, you know, I'm African-American, but my parents uh, was adopted, uh, white are white. And so I had a, you know, blended with cultures there and I'm comfortable with both of them. And he says, we're we're just uh, all about learning and moving forward and learning about others uh, in order to form a more perfect union. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to vote for this kid if he ever runs wow. for office. 
very composed, exactly the way you want a, 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 a I was going to say a comedian, is a comedian, exactly the way you want a coach to be, uh, your, a your captain. captain, a captain, right? Where you, you sort of say, let me just be political with my answer, but also quite articulate. And uh, it, well, yeah, I was very proud of him to, to see that. And, um, you know, I think it's so funny because I got a, a bunch of people after our podcast yesterday reached out to me saying, uh, every time they see a, a protest in Iran, it's uh, they're burning an American flag. And and now we make a graphic change and it's uh, World War Three. they want to start. So, well, yeah, um, if, if you think about their camp right now, they can point to FIFA and say, oh, Jurgen Klinsmann and, and the committee has said some things about our culture and they're using that against uh, their narrative. We're using that for their narrative yeah. and motivation. Plus, U.S. soccer just stepped into a pothole by doing what they did. And so that helps. And obviously, just without anything, it's U.S. against Iran, which is big country versus little country in that mindset. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, there's just the pure football of, hey, they need one point, we need three, game on. And when you add all the layers to it, it, it's very hard to, you know, to imagine that all the players are going to handle this perfectly. Because look, right. for Tyler Adams, that's he may have handled it really well, but that's not easy. And that's sure. taxing mentally and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, it have to be on point with everything that you're saying and these kinds of questions, especially if they're loaded questions, you know, it can be tiring and distracting. And so it'll be really interesting to see how how they come out individually and then obviously which group handles it better might have a big say in what happens. Yeah. And they're talking about the, you know, the bubble is burst, the, the player bubble that you try to keep your players in to just sort of ignore all of the extemporaneous things that are happening on around the game. Um, the bubble was burst today at the press conference. So I didn't watch the whole thing. I don't know if American journalists asked Iranians, Iran's captain, Hey, uh, do you, side with the women protesters they shot a 22 year old girl or what you know she died or any of that stuff that's like shit man we can't ignore it we can't ignore human rights um and but i think for the players it's like you just got to deal with it it's part of being a pro especially at this level uh, especially at the world cup i think um the feeling i get from just about everybody i talk to is why was that country awarded the world cup and um we have to sort of pretend that you know, none of these human rights abuses happen. And then we ask these players to deal with uh, an intractable situation, which has been going on since I was in high school uh, with Iran. You know, so it's uh, like I said, I was very proud. I would love to have seen what the what the American questions were to the Iranian captain. But, you know, this as a former player, it's like players are players, man. It, you just look, you know, they shake hands and it's like, you know, best man win sort of thing. Yeah. And the Iranian coaches, uh, you know, well-experienced, Carlos Quiroz. He's been around Man United for many years. He's been at the pro level for many years. He's worked with Iran before. So, like, he's a really well-positioned for handling this. And mm -hmm. uh, he's obviously going to try to use everything to his advantage to, to motivate his group. And you wonder, from a coaching perspective, what's happening on the coaching staff of the U.S. side. Like, are they deflecting yeah. right now internally and trying to refocus them? How distracted are they? You know, all those kinds of questions that we don't know from the outside looking in. And I think it's going to be probably handled individually. Um, and it could affect everyone slightly differently. Bottom line is it's a soccer game. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot to, to play for. We must win. There aren't many games in American soccer history where you must win. Mm -hmm. um, and this is one of them. And hopefully the ratings are through the roof because we all should be watching. I think the ratings will be good, I mean, even though it's 2 o'clock on a Tuesday afternoon. Uh, but and I asked you this question yesterday as a coach, the, the mentality of, you know, 
watching like a Liverpool or Arsenal in their day, and Arsenal again, where they would just press in that attacking third of the field, and the people would just be on their heels, parking the bus, looking at counter. I have a feeling that's going to come come out today. Or do you think Iran will say, let's let's go toe to toe with these guys right up front? It'll be. I don't know Iran's group well enough, but their yeah. coach will make that decision based on obviously what he thinks will put him in the best position to get a result, and it need not be a win. But sitting back uh, against us, maybe it's not a bad idea. Like we we have yeah. not been prolific in terms of scoring goals, so it could frustrate us. It could create a lot of problems for us. I've seen good Iranian teams play against really good uh, a really good let's say Spain for example, and park a bus five four one virtually yep. a 5-5, five, five, and do it for 90 minutes and only get out of there against a really good Spain team with a one nothing loss, like could they replicate that and keep us at 0-0? Zero, 0-0, zero, 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 we're out. We're you out, know? yeah. So, you know, I, it, then again, if they feel like that's too long to defend, um, then they may feel like, no, we can get on the ball as well and let's put ourselves in Jeez. positions in their half and try to hold on to it. So Chris, I don't Chris, know. We've because we've been on both sides of that ball. To defend like that for 90 minutes is nearly impossible, uh, you know. Right. Uh, but Wales did it in the first half. Yeah. And let's not say that we we broke them down because we didn't. We scored in a rather transitional moment. Anytime right. Wales sat in there, we did not break them down or create a great look. So Iran may look at that and say, let's just do that for 90. We have the willpower in this match and all the motivation to do it. Let's do it. That brings us to like a... I would think the type of play you'd need for a sort of when the team parks the bus like that is just sort of a Giroux where you could just, you know, get the ball in the box. Hopefully one of the bigger guys gets their head on it, um, you know, mixes it up. And then Iran has to chase the game a little bit. I, yeah. I think that might be – so that would be – I'm not sure who would that be. Maybe Haji Wright again. Uh, Jesus hasn't gotten a shot yet. Um, so I mean, I don't you'd know. go about it two ways. One is to – Put a bigger target in there who you right. feel is a true nine who can get on the end of service. We've not been great at that. So I don't right. know how we would all of a sudden have that plan and do that effectively. Uh, and the other option is to do it with football, with combining and, and keeping the ball on the ground and trying to play through small windows and trying to get to good areas with lots of numbers. And, and, that and dead balls, right? Like, the the Reynas and the Aaron's yeah. of the world. I think we'll, you know, I mean, you know, on, on, uh, sort of restart dead ball situations, direct kicks, indirect kicks are going to be important to get into the box. I, I just hope we get a point in the first half and Iran has to chase the, chase the game a little bit and um, that we put them away. I mean, they're. Yeah, but here's the problem, Kevin. The problem is we're sitting here 24 hours before the game and mm -hmm. we don't know what our team is going to do. Right. Like we really don't know. And that's a problem because Style that means personnel from a personnel point of view, mm -hmm. we don't know how we're going to play this game. Right. Uh, there's been enough confusion on the front end. I know Winalda even had some comments about, you know, hey, Berhalter's lying about Reyna. Like he said he wasn't fit. He he is fit. So like what's going on there? But here we are. We have a very, very simple situation. We must win. So you're putting out your best team. To, you have to score goals. You can't, mm -hmm. you can't tie. And we're all right. sitting here saying, well, what's the lineup going to be? And we're still going round and round with it, which means somewhere along the line, He's not clarified things internally and externally about who his, who his primary group is. Well, you know, I, I don't agree with that so much because I think most of the lineup is set other than the Gio Reyna situation, which, you know, he, he didn't play much deal. in qualifying. Yeah, but he didn't play in qualifying that much. He, he was did have some niggling injuries. So that's a, it's a question mark. Um, when Gio Reyna was healthy, he played all the time in qualifying. Right, right. 
So it, so, which brings back, is he healthy or not healthy? Which is why part of the reason why we are going on this carousel. I agree with you, but like right. mo- if he's healthy and fit, most of the time he's playing in important games. And then the number nine. I mean, I think that's the other big question. So uh, like you said, we haven't been doing it. Um, and so that's a little, it's a little nerve wracking. And, you know, this is the first cup I remember, uh, Chris, where, where we have a lot of options and, I think this is a good thing in the sense that we don't agree with some of the things Greg's done. Um, but boy, I remember when, you know, we had a starting 11, we knew who they were going to be. We knew who they were. That's my point. Um, yeah. And I think um, just the nature of the transition through the quarantine situation, it's put us with this young team uh, that was still kind of feeling its way. Could have used another year to sort of uh, develop, uh, you know, who's, who's in, who's out. Um, so, Big yeah, but this tomorrow. affects confidence. Like, you know, right. if, if we're not sure who's playing, that means they're not sure who's playing. I mean, mm-hmm. not the staff, but the players, which yeah. means that they don't have a built-in sense of confidence that, hey, if this group is together, we're going to execute. We're going to should be able to execute. Now, they've embraced this idea that, well, it doesn't matter who plays, but that's also a crutch as well. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, if you always say, well, it doesn't matter who plays, well, bottom line, at some point, who's your best eleven? And right. How do we get them on the field? And we should have confidence with that. We should be putting out a confident lineup tomorrow, and we ain't gonna. We're gonna be putting I, out a group, but not a confident group. And I, th- I think, I don't know. I think the boys with the England win, uh, win it felt like a win in some ways. Um, I think it it gave them some confidence. I mean, look, if they should have beat Wales, and they'd be in the driver's seat right now, and they didn't. So uh, shame on them. Uh, but uh, you know, they came back against against England, uh, and now this is a very different setup with they they've got to win so they got to come out yeah hard there's two types of confidence though there's the confidence of the individual and then there's the con- confidence of the collective i think we'll do well with the individual i yeah. think they'll all come out with the right mindset and play within themselves with with good confidence i'm hoping but oh, that's collectively yeah how they're going to now execute with whatever group they're going to put on the field there's no way they have confidence in their goal scoring they can't they haven't yeah, done that, it in the last that's four, a great five, six games that's a great point because I do, I, I share that because of the confidence between the individuals because they've all played pretty well individually, but yes, yeah. cohesion, cohesion and goal scoring is a problem. Uh, yeah. And so the factor for tomorrow is going to be time. The longer the match goes without them scoring a goal, the more pressure that will come on them and it might be harder for them. So, you know, it's well, a- zero, zero at halftime would be really good for Iran. Right. All right. Let's hope it's not that way. Let's hope we get one early. Um, guys, great to talk to you every, each and every day here as we go through this uh, this World Cup. Um, I think the ratings will be good, even though it's 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, would yeah. be great if it was later at night, but uh, this is how it is every year um, or every four years. So, um, all right. That's all the time we have today, everyone. For Chris Chamonix, I'm Kevin Flynn, and we will talk to you next time, tomorrow, probably. After the game, I think we're going to reach out to Dominic Kinnear. He was so fun to talk to, and he has such great insight as well. So we'll reach out to him. And uh, we will talk to you after the match tomorrow. Uh, For all of us here at OTB, talk to you next time. Call or text us at 424-229-2247. That's 424-229-2247.